Shammai Omer, Ase Taratcha Keva. Shammai says, make your Torah permanent. So the Rambam comments and he says, Ase Talmud Torah Haikar. Make learning Torah as essential. Make it the main thing. The Choma Shazulato Me'iskacha. And everything else beside it from your various dealings, Ba'acharav, comes after it, meaning after Torah. In his domain, his domain. If it happens, it happens. V'im lo, his domain. And if it doesn't happen, ein nezek hechmatzato. And if it doesn't happen, there is no harm in its absence is probably the best way to uh, translate hechmatzato. There's a couple different versions of uh, what that word is based on Ibn Tibon and other translations, but I think this one is uh, the one we'll go with at the moment. So when we look back at our week, what stands out? When Rashi reads this Mishnah, he suggests that Shammai is reminding us to set aside times for Torah study, classically known as being kovea itim Torah, making permanent times set aside in your schedule and making sure nothing else interrupts those times. But interestingly, the Rambam takes a different approach. He seems to be taking the approach that it's not about setting time aside per se, or about maybe calculating how many hours you're engaged in learning versus other activities, but rather how we characterize the thrust and I would say the substance of our time. Like I said, what do we look back on? What stands out? So I, I studied this Mishnah with a, uh, a friend of mine, and he raised the question, if you read the Rambam, is he telling us that if someone spends time away from his work, he won't lose out on business? Is he saying that there's no harm in its, in its, uh, in its absence? So meaning if you give up something, there will be no negative consequences. So I think that is not what the Rambam is saying. Rather, he's not telling you that, uh, again, it won't hurt your profit, profit margin, but uh, it is sometimes necessary to make sacrifices for your learning. I don't think uh, he's saying that there won't be negative consequences in any, under any circumstance. However, more globally, when he says, nezek there's no harm in its absence, he means there's no ultimate loss to a person in the big scheme of things. And I think here, restated, would be there's no harm to your soul. All in all, there are always trade-offs in life, and it's absolutely a fantasy to think that you can have some things without missing out on others. And no one wants to lose out. We're even uh, afraid of it as we have our, uh, our modern concept of uh, FOMO, right, of uh, fear of missing out. But when we choose one thing over another, what we're gaining and what we're giving up are part of the decision-making process, and we need to be considering are we giving up something secondary for something essential or are we mistakenly giving up something essential for something secondary so a uh, I, I couldn't help but think of a chavrusa of mine when i was in yeshiva he had a small business repairing uh, appliances and he would take off most of the morning to study in yeshiva and he'd been doing this for over 30 years 
And there would be times, rarely, but there would be times occasionally where something might come up at work and he'd be a few minutes late. And I was always struck by when he came in late, he was distraught. He would be so apologetic. He said, I'm so sorry for being late. I hate missing our learning. It was clear that he felt badly about it, not just for me, but because he felt like he missed out on something. And uh, alternatively, I never heard him uh, say, oh, I missed this great business opportunity because I was in yeshiva or because I was listening to Sheer. Um, it was very clear what he valued. And of course, it was important to, for him to make a living. But he never regretted spending the time in yeshiva and was always clear on what he was trading. He was willing to give up his aspects of his business. Again, needed to maintain certain things to keep the business going, of course, and those were the times where he might miss, but otherwise he wanted to keep his business going so he could support himself and his family. But learning was the priority and it was not something he wanted to give up or he gave up uh, um, easily at any point in time. David Brooks in the, a book called uh, The Road to Character uh, I'd say borrows uh, a distinction made by the Rav in The Lonely Man of Faith. The Rav is talking about Adam 1 and Adam 2. And he uh, succinctly summarizes these. David Brooks does the summarizing, calling them resume virtues and eulogy virtues. So resume virtues are items that help move one's career forward. Eulogy vir virtues, on the other hand, are qualities that will be talked about at someone's uh, funeral, and they move us forward perhaps in a, in a deeper sense. In the Rav, he talks about the two different stories, uh, narratives of in, uh, in Breshid in the first, uh, first couple chapters that talk about, uh, put, put different emphases on different aspects of man. And so for, for the Rav, Adam 1 is outwardly focused. He's trying to conquer the world and master the world. And Adam 2 is more reflective, asking why, trying to understand the world. And so those are two different um, thrusts in a person's uh, human existence. And again, I think David Brooks, his uh, summary is, is nice and useful here. And so um, again, thinking about those, those distinctions, the Rambam interprets Asei Torah HaKeva, make your Torah permanent, as an imperative, not again regarding our schedule they, the way Rashi takes it, but really regarding our, our values. Uh, Socrates famously said that he'd rather suffer in, an injustice himself than commit one towards somebody else. And I think that also is a statement of his values, right? Most people, no one wants harm and uh, or, or, or to uh, or harm somebody else. And Socrates is clear about that too, but he says if it were between him and uh, getting harmed or him harming somebody else, he would rather be harmed um, or suffer the injustice in his, word, in, in, in his words because if he were to commit an injustice towards somebody else, that would harm his soul. Whereas if somebody committed an injustice towards him, so, all right, there's maybe a monetary loss, might insult him, might upset him, but that wouldn't ultimately harm his soul. He wouldn't be harmed in the big scheme of things. So, in other words... You know, I think we we do closely track our career trajectory, right? We are concerned about those resume virtues, but do we also closely track our soul trajectory, the trajectory of our soul and our, our development? And are, are we thinking about those eulogy virtues? And I think, uh, you know, David Brooks does talk about this too. No question that's easy to say that I care more about the eulogy virtues, but it's different if you look at actually how we spend our time across the week. So... In closing, when we look back at our week, what stands out most? We should think about what stands out most, and that what stands out will serve as a barometer of where we're at when it comes to making Torah a permanent part of our week. 
which part of our lives do we say, im he's dominant, he's dominant, if it happens, it happens, right? Uh, and which part uh, do we say, oh, we're, we're going to make this happen? And I think that is telling about what we really put primary and, and what's secondary. And I think over the course of a, of a year, those are, you know, the, they're different pulls in different directions. And just taking a moment to rethink about that a little bit. What is, what is primary in our week? What really stands out to us? And are, are our priorities and the time that we're spending really oriented towards what we hold is essential and not just what is uh, what may be more secondary. So um, this newsletter is designed to make Torah a permanent part of my week. If you join me, hopefully it can make Torah a permanent part, permanent part of yours as well. Thanks for listening.